Welcome to this week's episode of Pour Another Round, where we're here to discover and share the stories behind the breweries filling up your glass. Today, we're chatting with Scott and Nick from Raised Grain Brewing Company in Waukesha, Wisconsin. It should be noted that Scott is a real-life doctor, and he gave us some of the best advice we've ever gotten on this show. He told us beer is healthy. I think we've finally made it. I'm not sure that it's going to get much better than this. And this was another of our conversations that took place actually at the brewery. So as we talk about in this episode, beer really is something that brings people together. And it's really cool to capture that conversation and that togetherness uh, in, in an instance here. This brewery is also the one to pour us the most rounds, I think. We're usually just pouring another round, but Raised Grain gave us a flight, so we poured a round and another <laughs> and another. And if I'm being honest, I've poured many rounds tonight, too. A doctor's orders, huh? Yeah. we. Um, so it was at Hop House Brewery in Fitchburg, and uh, we started out by the fire pit, which is nice. But then um, our like reservation of the fire pit ended and they decided, no, oh, let's just continue this inside. <laughs> so we did. <laughs> and I didn't really eat anything tonight. So speaking of doctors, we do need to talk about their paradox beer in the intro since we didn't get to talk too much about this beer among the other seven or so beers that we had during our time at raised grain like paradox pair of docs two doctors i get it they're in the ownership of the brewery do you get it cameron yeah that's that's clever (laughs) yeah great pun and also a great beer yeah for sure and if you've ever bought a raised grain beer before especially in the last year you get a special shout out in this episode And if you have not bought a Raised Grain beer, uh, I would encourage you to go get some and enjoy our conversation with Scott and Nick from Raised Grain Brewing Company in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Cheers to these sponsors for supporting our podcast. Who doesn't love a good beer special? With Real Craft Pass, you can get two-for-one beers at more than 120 Wisconsin breweries. That's buy one beer and pour another round for free. This is Wisconsin's biggest buy one, get one brewery booklet. And guess what? What? Pour Another Round listeners can get 10% off any Real Craft Pass booklet. Just use the code POURANOTHERROUND at realcraftpass.com. That's real with two E's, like a fishing reel. Not only is there over $800 in savings at Wisconsin breweries, but craft passes are also available for other states like Michigan, Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, and New Hampshire. Just visit realcraftpass.com and at checkout, use the promo code POURANOTHERROUND. I'm Cameron. And I'm Jonathan. And we We like like beer. beer. Some of the best stories start with beer, but now it's time to make beer the story. Pour another round and drink with us as we explore the stories behind your favorite beers and breweries. Today we're sharing around with Raised Grain Brewing Company out of Waukesha, Wisconsin, and are joined by owner and brewmaster, Dr. Scott Kelly, and owner and chief operating officer, Nick Rystead. 
Uh, Nick and Scott, welcome, and thanks for joining us here today. John and Cameron, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Yeah, appreciate you inviting us over to Raised Grain and, and having us here in person, sharing some beers. For sure. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm going to jump ahead here. Uh, like What you guys talk about on your website is beer brings people together. And that's exactly what we've it's been trying to do. literally what we're doing right now. Yeah, and we haven't had that opportunity, obviously, with COVID. So thank you for this. Well, we like to, uh, we like to start everything off with a, a little saying, Sante, which means literally to your health. Yeah, awesome. Sante. Sante. Thanks for having us here and all these beers out here. This is pouring many rounds, and I cannot <laughs> wait. <laughs> we got carried away when we were filling the beer flight. No, hey, that's great. It's, uh, it, yeah, you look very official and... <laughs> I feel very official. Right. Yeah, we're sitting here right in in the brew house and you're up on the brew deck. Yeah, it's awesome. It uh this is this is a first for us at Port Another Round. This is our second in-person so, one. First yep. one like in the operations of it all. Yeah. Sweet. For sure. And then how many episodes have you guys done so far? We um there's 9 episodes that have been released and um you guys are our number 11 and uh we've got got about 30 of them on the calendar. Awesome. So this one doesn't so just go to 11. The, it doesn't just go to 11. Well, we'll no. see how today goes. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to to kind of take things to the beginning, I suppose, how do two doctors and a professional cyclist join forces to open a brewery that is raised grain? Serendipity. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I was a professional cyclist in a, in a past life, it seems, almost, and that was a ton of fun. And then I, I got into advertising after my bike racing career ended. And just was looking for something a little bit more, so I started working on a business plan. My dad bumped into a neighbor of his who I, I knew uh, growing up, and uh, he happened to know Scott and Jimmy. And none of us were very close, but I had a business plan. And I think not too long before I had presented my business plan to our, our partner, Kevin, he was over at a party in Scott's basement. Scott had quite a uh, a spectacular home brewing system down in his basement and a keezer with what eight taps yeah we had eight, eight beers on tap at any given time wow yeah that's great. and as as i've heard the story scott was like yeah i'd love to start a brewery but i'm a doctor and i think my wife wouldn't be too happy if i quit that job <laughs> and a couple weeks later i came by with a business plan and uh then kevin made the introductions jimmy is scott's brewing partner so he's okay. the other doctor brewer and uh we met up, and then uh, less than a year later, we were open. Yeah, I have to give my wife kudos because, like, for most <laughs> men, the ultimate connection was via my wife and Kevin's wife. They play tennis together. Okay. And the only reason I ever met Kevin was because my wife had a tennis party of all of husbands and wives. Sure. And he was over in the basement, and uh, that's how I, I got to know him a little bit. But uh, still, it was our wives that were the tightest uh, of the two, you know? Okay. Great. Almost like scheduling playdates for you guys. Scheduling what? Playdates. Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> it that's works. Yeah, yeah. It, it did work. So <laughs> what, what kind of doctor are you, Scott? I'm a pathologist. Okay. And what, what do you see are the parallels between the science of medicine and the science of beer, if any? I think there's a, there's a ton, um, especially with pathology, because pathology is very much about testing. It's about understanding disease. I mean, pathology you know, means the, under, the study of disease. So it really gets to, to what's behind the disease, not just what do you have and how do you treat it, but you know, what, is it, what creates it, what creates this, you know, makes this happen. And I think you know, that science, the chemistry, all of those things go right into being a doctor in general, but pathology maybe more than any field of, of uh, medicine. 
Okay. And you you still practice medicine? Still practice full-time medicine, yeah. Okay. So full-time medicine and then brewing uh, also probably close to full-time. <laughs> <laughs> it's busy. It's you know, it's it's been gr- the growth of the company's been good for me personally because Great. you know, we've put people in place who now do what I did early on. The, I would say the first 6 to 6 months to a year were unbelievable, you know, doing both full-time and then, mm-hmm. you know, Andy came on our head brewer and started bringing on more and more people in the brewery, you know, teaching them what I do, why I do it, why, you know, how, I'm a self-taught guy, so it's pretty easy to teach them my angle. Mm-hmm. I hope Might you're be- a self-taught brewing guy, not a self-taught doctor, just to clarify. Correct, correct, <laughs> yes, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, no question about that. Yeah. No formal training, <laughs> plenty of other formal training, which is probably why I'm averse yeah, right. to the formal training of, of making beer in some ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it was, uh, so anyway, as these guys have, you know, gotten better and better what they do. They can run the brewery better than I can at this point. No question about it. Um, it's really freed up my life a little bit to be not as crazy as it was that first six mm-hmm. months to a year. Well, the first the first year, I think, for both of us was exciting. It was amazing. We took off and were received by the, the Waukesha community with open arms. And we had people coming in and all of a sudden we're surpassing our, our business model. On the other end, it was pretty awful. We were both working probably 80 to 100 hours a week. Yeah. Me exclusively in the brewery. Scott, between his two jobs. I mean, maybe it was more. I don't know. We weren't <laughs> logging hours, but it was yeah. it was a lot of work. Um, I remember we would have to clean kegs by hand, and Scott would come in, and we had a bike rack set up, and he would have to turn valves and look at his watch, and we couldn't interrupt him because then he would forget what sequence he was on. So <laughs> he was just like, don't talk to me. I got to do this. And you know, we had to do what we had to do to get up and off the ground. And now I have to say we have such an awesome team in place that it allows us to focus more on, on where we want to grow the company rather than just doing the things that need to get done to get to tomorrow. So Scott, way back when, how did you pick up the hobby of home brewing? What, what was going on in your life and why did you just decide to make beer one day? So I've always loved beer. My dad was at G. Heilman Brewing Company. He was chief accountant at brewing when I was growing up there. So beer's always been in a little bit in the in the blood. Um, so I always loved beer. And that's where Jimmy comes into play. I end up, Jimmy and I knew each other. He's ahead of me in medicine training, but I, he was my chief resident, ran each other at a party. Long story short, he's his dad's from Belgium. He loves beer as well. We brewed at his house, a Belgian uh, double. And I was like, wow, it just caught me immediately. You know, the science, it's a little, I consider it a little bit like biking too, because I have not biked like Nick at all, but I was an avid rider and the, there's a little bit of science behind the bike and the, and all the technology of that. But then, you know, there, so it's, there's some similarities in that respect, but, um, I just fell in love with the, the science of it. And I said to Jimmy, I said, this was great, but you know, this, these filters we're using, all these rudimentary methods we're using are brutal. So, you know, I took the next year and just literally educated myself on everything it took to start a brewery or start brewing beer and controlling all the processes I could possibly control, built a brewery in my, in my uh, basement. And, you know, you're sitting around. It was pretty impressive too. You're sitting around with buddies (laughs) drinking beer. You can't be bothered because you're technically busy course <laughs> and and so it was a perfect break from medicine you know and we we literally had brew nights on friday nights and saturday nights now this came about my kids were in high school and and so i had some free time at that point and and uh people would stop by and it was just it was a great break from medicine that's i mean that that was part of it big part of it 
And do you still have your at-home brewery as well, in addition to the Raised Grain Brewery? We've rolled it in here, and okay. we've, we've brewed with it only to figure out that it takes maybe more work to make 10 gallons of beer in that <laughs> than 60 barrels of beer here. Sure. <laughs> I mean, so we have it, and we've used it actually here. Okay. But I don't do it anymore on the side. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I can say that for every one of, the, of, of our guys behind the scenes, they, most of them don't continue to brew. Um, not completely true. Some of them will still dabble in it a little bit, but it really, when you're doing it every day, all day long, it, ta- it kind of zaps the ability to, or desire to do it on your off hours. Sure, sure. So, but, Nick, when you were a professional cyclist, I'm sure touring the world, you got to try beers from all over the world. Is that kind of what inspired you to like sit down and write a business plan for a brewery? You've, you've tried all these fun things around the world beer-wise. Now, let's, let's bring that back home and, and do that here. That, that is exactly what happened. I was living in Belgium for two summers racing on the, the national team. That's where the, the team was based. And the U.S. national team? U.S. national team, yep. And we would go down on nights that we weren't racing to the square. And it wasn't a big city. It was small little Belgian Flemish village. And we would have amazing beer. Grimbergen and uh, Leffe Brun. And they would always bl- bring Blonde because... We didn't have the right accent, and <laughs> Hogarden in the summer in Belgium is awesome, and all these other ones that I don't even remember. And the first year back, uh, when I flew back, it was something like 80 euro in excess baggage charges, so I could bring the beer back to share it with my dad. <laughs> totally worth it. <laughs> totally worth it. But I didn't have that money back then, so I had to kind of like borrow <laughs> from some angle. of my teammates Did and you stuff. you borrow some from like the customs agent, like... I'll give you a beer if I can borrow some money to get through here. <laughs> well, I escorted a guy who crashed in a race, and when we told him where he crashed, the guy would, he just rolled out the red carpet for us because we were like freaking rock stars, and it was cool. <laughs> That's but awesome. only in Belgium. Um, so then I traveled all over the U.S. racing out in California, and this is in the, the early to mid-2000s, so like right when, I mean, I remember going to Pizza Port, and I, I wasn't, at this point, I wasn't thinking of opening a brewery up at all. I was just thinking about racing fast and winning bike races and all that stuff. That's all I cared about. But beer was always there. So Pizza Port, having great beers there. San Diego? Uh, yeah, down in San Diego. Um, Stone, I had it, didn't even realize what I was drinking, but it was super cool. And went to China, realized the beer was awful there. <laughs> um, but they had beer, so that was good. Yeah. So and, how, how did beer affect your bike, tra- uh, bike training? Uh, well, you know, um, <laughs> carb loading is that what carb they call loading? It? Yeah, no. I, when when we go into uh, spring training, I'd stop drinking beer and I'd drop a couple pounds, and then I'd be, I'd be ready to race. And you know, it, as it is now, it's all in moderation, and it didn't really affect it because you just build it into your lifestyle. I there guess one of the best recovery drinks, right? Men's Health had it out. Uh, it is an amazing recovery drink because it's complex carbohydrates. Uh, it's, you know, you heard it from minerals. the doctor. Absolutely, here. <laughs> actually, yeah, I know. I mean, there's no question. Jim, Jimmy and I would talk about it all the time. I mean, beer is exceedingly good for you in moderate, like in moderation. Mm-hmm. The cardiovascular benefits are undeniable. Um, they're real, and um, so yeah, it's a great recovery drink. So that is officially the greatest thing ever said on Porn on the Round. <laughs> beer is good for you. I love it. Yes. So. I think it, it it's probably time for us to drink our first round here. We've been a little sipping on a few beers here, but uh, what do you what do you want us to try here first and talk about? So as we were setting up, you can't be in a brewery without a beer in your hand. So I I grabbed you guys a naked threesome, and uh, that is one of our our top sellers. It's a just a real drinkable, juicy IPA, citrus notes bursting through, a little bit of 
residual sweetness that comes through. And it's got a fun name. We're not a family show, so you can tell us the personal experience behind the name. <laughs> Sounds good. I will tell you that story. Uh, it is because it has three hops. Ah, there it is. Yeah. Citra, Crystal, and Mosaic. And uh, those come from a, a single hop series that we did that we called the Naked Hop. Okay. And we had Naked Hop 1, and it was just Citra, Naked Hop 2, Crystal. And then at the end of that series, we wanted to brew them all together. And it actually started the year before with three, three totally different hops. It was a West Coast-style IPA, so it was a totally different beer. Second year, uh, all of our, our brew staff and our sales staff, taproom staff, was saying, Scott, you got to brew one of these East Coast-style beers. And I don't think you were the most receptive to that. <laughs> oh, no, they, they, were, they would bring him in over and over. Treehouse and some of, the, some of the best ones from out the country. You know, I wasn't a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I like them now. Uh, still not my favorite style of beer in the world. I like some backbone and, and part of the style, part of the way I went about designing the recipe for naked threesome is I wanted something that had a balance of a, a little bit of maltiness. And I think when you drink naked threesome, you'll get a back touch of maltiness that comes from the Vienna malts that I don't think you taste in every other sort of, uh, juicy IPA. You know, we were young. The concept of hazy was new mm-hmm. and Naked Threesome doesn't hold its haze in the end. I mean, it just doesn't have quite enough protein in the end, but it's clearly of the style of the Juicy IPAs, which is why some people have got away from hazy in their naming. But yeah, they were, they were pushing me hard to design something. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll design something, <laughs> but I, I need my little twist on it with a little bit more maltiness, a little more balance to it. And like Nick said, that was the third year or the second year of the Naked Hop series. Uh, Galchucarillo is the, correct, is the first year's worth, right? Galena, Chinook, yeah, and Amarillo. So Galachucarillo that you now... That's, that's a beer that we're releasing next week. Yeah, okay. yeah, that is actually the original hop series, but it was done in a West Coast style. So, But we would do each you know, single hop beer, meaning the same beer, same alcohol, same base malt, you know, same IBUs for each of the beers, and then we put them together. And the name ultimately come about where we get back to this is, is Nick convincing me that it's better to name this beer Naked threesome and be done with the series named the naked hop series and he was correct just to take it back just to take it back we had we had three single hop naked hop one two and three and then we wanted to roll them all together and then we'd have four beers in the series but we had some really bad names i came up with one or two that were that were not good scott came up with some 3.1 yeah i didn't like that one i didn't like that i thought windows 3.1 for that yeah Uh, yeah yeah It's, it's a naked gun series right uh, whatever. Either way, we had a we had a we had a, a beer tender who uh, suggested, "What if we call it Naked Threesome?" And we both looked at each other, and I think our reaction was, "Well, we'd have to check with our wives first. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, "You do whatever you want to with your funny little beer company that you have." Yeah. So you know, they they gave us their blessing, and um, now we have uh, now we have a, a great brand. It has a fun name. It's got a very wholesome story behind it. So people order it. For whatever reason, they order it, <laughs> and then they really enjoy it, and they continue to order it. So that's that's where the name yeah. comes from. And it's it's one of your more pop, the most popular beers you serve. It's our number one selling beer. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of names, where does raised grain come from? That comes from uh, my background. My dad uh, grew up, or I grew up working for my dad in his cabinet making company. He owned a cabinet making company in downtown Milwaukee, or not quite in downtown, but just down the street from Miller Brewing Company. And right as I was trying to figure out where I'm going to 
put my brewery, he sold his business, but he got to keep the building. And he said he would rent it to me for a dollar. And so I wrote this whole business plan up thinking I'm going to have it on 35th and State in this old Cream City brick building. And as I'm building out the business plan, he sold the building. Oh. And it was, an, it was an offer that he couldn't refuse. And I, in retrospect, that was the best thing that could have happened because <laughs> it was an old building. There was no parking. Uh, there were just all sorts of problems with that. So it worked out really well. And then it freed us up to start looking, where do we really want to put our brewery? And we, we were looking at demographics. We were looking at downtown Milwaukee. But then as the partnership started to really form, Scott and Jimmy needed to be able to make it to the brewery and they were constrained by a radius of where they work and live because you guys had to make it to the brewery to do yep. stuff all the time right. and sometimes in the middle of the day. So shoot home from the office or shoot to the brewery from the office and that really locked us into maybe five square miles and Waukesha just made a ton of sense. I grew up in Brookfield, which is just the next town over. Uh, Scott Kevin, Jimmy live in Brookfield, so it's really our hometown, and it's great to be in the area where I went to high school, you guys live, and uh, the city's been great. So we're really, really happy to call Waukesha home. And you guys are actually on your second location already, right? You, you yes, had a, this is had our a, second location. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yep. But the raised grain, though, you didn't actually get to the end answer on that. Nick. I did not. But, no, you can you can finish the story. <laughs> I'll finish it for him. Yeah, right. Well, and, and his dad, in homage, in, in some ways, to his father and the woodworking is obviously the raised grain. I mean, fine woodworking, the grain of wood, and it fits very well with brewing as well. Elevate the grain, elevate you know to its most distinguished form. Yeah. So I mean, and that's what we're drinking right right now. It, it did come together as as making sense. I I will admit. That it's a challenging name at times because you usually have to say it two or three times or spell it if need be. But, <laughs> but it means something to us, and it, it 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 does make a it does make a lot of sense when you know the story. And then the tap room, both tap rooms, the first one and the second one, my dad built. So there's yeah. that's just Very a really cool. cool story, and you'll see him out there. He's pouring beers for himself. He's making the rounds, talking to all the people out there. So he, at this point, he probably knows more people out in the tap room than I do. <laughs> If you look around the tap room, I mean, the one th he's, his, his work is beautiful. And the number of hardwoods that are out there, the tables that have been made, those tables you're looking at down there, those, he made all of those. And they're, they're just, it's amazing uh, craftsmanship. So I think that craftsmanship fits right in with the, the whole idea of craft brewing and as that, well, that's right? A, that's a cool parallel, too, that while you're drinking the grain of the, the beers, like all the, the hardwood out here, it's, you can see the, the grains of the yep. art, the art of the grains within the, the hardwood throughout the tap room as well. So I think that it fits very nicely together. Yep. Yeah. That was the idea. And so you also you have a, a paradox red beer, yes. right? Yep. Um and so this red double IPA was your first beer and it won gold at the twenty sixteen Great American Beer Festival. Yeah. Tell us a bit about where that beer came from. That's a lot of the beers that I that I've designed and continue to design, often the the ideas come from other things you taste. Right? And and um that beer was, to me, still a style that I love because it really combines unbelievable malty characteristics with hoppiness. Everything's, you know, not to use the term, but beers today have become pretty hoppy, devoid of grain, you know, devoid of the grains, devoid of, devoid of the maltiness. And I think the, the Imperial Red IPA is a perfect example of something that combines the two. Mm -hmm. And 
to be perfectly honest, it, it, it came from drinking Goodnight from Oscar Blues. Okay. And that was a beer that both Jimmy and I loved. And so it's, you know, kind of sitting down and designing with what you know about crystal malts and what you know, you know, something that people say you're not supposed to use in IPAs, right? <laughs> uh, not, you know, not certainly not the case for us because we use a, a fair amount of very light crystal malt in that beer and um, just put our favorite hops together and, and came up with it. I think it was the third beer ever designed. Well, and I, I love the play on words, paradox. Yeah, para- exactly. Doctors, you know. Yeah, right. get it. <laughs> Do you that get one, it, Cameron? That, one, that yeah. one might have been the easiest beer name for us to come up with. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So we we have this flight in front of us. Is one of these paradox in here? Is it? No, is I didn't. I didn't grab one. Um, so one of the, I mean, that one, we can go sample it later. And if you do an intro or an outro, you can, there we you go. can we'll talk rave about it. About it. Yeah. Uh, but we, I think one of the things that really sets Ray's Grain apart is the breadth of beers that we have. So I, I brought a whole mix out. We have our Summerweiss Hefeweizen. It's a German-style uh, wheat beer. We have our Black Walnut, which won a silver medal at the World Beer Cup a couple years ago. Uh, we have our Bird's Eye Belgian Triple, which is Scott and Jimmy's unique take on a uh, uh, Belgian triple style. We have our Pivo Boho Czech Pilsner, which is something that we just brewed, and it's I think it's a a favorite here in the brewery. Super clean lager. The only sour we have on tap right now is our Gedeg and Funk, and we're drinking that too because it just highlights that we can do pretty much everything. You got a wide variety. Yeah, yeah, and it's a lot of fun to come drink here because there's something for everyone. If you like a certain style of beer, we have light beers, dark beers, hoppy beers, Belgian beers. And then uh, there's a clear one in there, and that's not water. That I is thought our, it was until I it, smelled it. It fooled us, yeah. yeah. It, it looks gotcha. like water, but it's... Yeah. It, that is our Diamond Hard Seltzer, so that's uh, mandarin orange flavor, and uh, just something to uh, just highlight that we can pretty much do it all. And, and that comes back to the controlling things and how we, how we brew, and the fact that we don't... We're not reusing yeast. We don't, we don't have a house yeast. We have all kinds of different yeasts we use all the diff- all the time. It's not the most cost-effective way to do business, but it allows the breadth of things that you could never do with a single house yeast. Same with the water profiles. I mean, you could never make a water profile like it was made for this Pivo Boho, which is unbelievably soft water. I mean, where are you going to get unbelievable soft water without all kinds of sodium in it around here? And so we designed, I designed the water profiles to match the beers to create the pHs I'm looking for. And have and and accentuate the flavors that we're trying to create with the beers. So it is there's where the science comes in and the understanding of pH and how the different grains and water play together to create the right pHs you want in your mash. Yeah, and I think that's it's crazy to think about just the subtleties that water can affect on, on beer. So I think that's it's probably one of the most important things to control out of yeah. all of them. But yeah, so when when you guys take the time to play around with the water of it, that's that's when. That that little detail f- goes goes forward in the rest of your beers as well. It's the largest uh, ingredient in beer, right? Mm-hmm. Beer is <laughs> yeah, I mean, healthy for is. you. Well, no, no, I mean, but just wa- the water, right? I mean, you're what you're drinking. It's the dominant characteristic of beer, right? And often not thought of, but there's a reason why. If you look back at the the beers of northern Germany versus southern Germany, uh, even the even the the pilsners with the high calcium levels that you get for light beers in America. And why they did so well with Colorado water and the high calcium level. I mean, that's all comes back to the types of malts you're using, the type of acidity it brings to the game based on the water profile. So, Well, and then mentioning that 
you don't use the same yeast, even though that's not the most cost effective. But clearly, you guys have made a decision to do what's best for your beers, whether whether that's cost effective or not. Yeah. So how did you guys come up come up with this mentality to to detail, and and what what does that look like going forward, and what did that look like at the planning stage as well? It began in the basement. You know, when I told my wife I want to put it in an RO. You know, scenario with an RO tank, she's like, I won't drink RO water because she only likes spring water. Okay. So I'm like, okay, well, it's not going to double then. It doesn't serve any purpose for me there. But mm-hmm. but when you realize that you're in walk in uh, Brookfield at the time, there's eight different wells. You don't know which day you're getting what from. So you don't really know your water profile. So my idea was you strip the water clean and you build it back from, from ground zero. And, and, it, and it works amazingly well. So right from the beginning, the idea of making a lot of different styles, Jimmy loves the Belgian styles. We've learned a lot together about Belgian styles. But you, you really can't do it without controlling a lot of these different variables. And the same yeast doesn't work for every beer. And I think that's just indicative of how we approach every facet of not only the beer, but the business in general. We really invest in quality. And that doesn't always mean in money in, in that sense. I mean, we have great people out there, and that, that really carries through to the experience that we're trying to create but you got to start with great beer and to have great beer you have you have to have great ingredients so we focus on that and then everything else is around creating an experience that welcomes people in it gives them something exciting to do and then it it brings people together so i love walking into the tap room and it's been a little different this past year (laughs) yep that's but sure. walking into the tap room, being able to catch up with people that I've met through working behind the bar or going out at events, then I can look over and see those people meeting new, other new people and, and having conversations. And they're connecting on their own level, but beer is what brings them together. It's super important, and I can't wait for it to happen more again. And I think there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And how, how has the last year gone for you guys? How have you had to readjust some of the things or... Have you started distributing more, canning more? What's that? What's that all look like? Man, we've learned a lot. Yeah, <laughs> we've learned a lot. It has probably been the hardest year, except for the first year. That was that was really tough. Just getting getting it up and off the ground was something that uh, I don't know if I could live through again. So, uh, but we came out of probably the busiest we have ever been in the beginning of March last year where we were looking at everything like this is this is really cool we finally have our feet under us we had a whole bunch of stuff in place just from a like a organizational standpoint from ordering from our distributor to forecasting for our tap room and just all sorts of things that we had never had in place and all of a sudden covid hit and march 17th the order came out we're shutting down so we had to pivot that day, we heard that it was going to be cut down to 50% capacity, so we had r- tables removed, and then I think an hour before we opened or something like that, everything's closed, and we didn't know what to do. So, Shifted beers literally on the run, beers that were in the midst of being brewed in tanks, changed how we dry hopped them because they no longer were going to be able to go to the distributor because they didn't need them anymore, and so we, we changed that. We had, a, we had a ton of beers that were in the works for State Fair. That was a great opportunity for us the year before. That was our first year at State Fair. We sold a ton of half barrels of Naked Threesome and quite a few of Summer Vice as well. Those were the two beers we had there. And all of a sudden, those orders are gone. So we're just kind of looking at each other saying, what do we do? 
And it's, 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 we're lucky that we wanted to contain, we wanted to continue to be very creative. That's why we, you'll see in our brewery, we have a lot of 20 barrel tanks, not just a ton of 60s. A lot of breweries that as you start to get to production, they'll have a, you know, a 50 barrel brew house and they'll have 150 barrel tanks. And so what do you want to do when you want to do one off? Well, we had luckily just put in the, the, the can labeler and it allowed us to shift on the fly and make a lot of more one-off beers. And so we started making one-off beers that could sell directly out of our tap room, which was a huge advantage to us. And so I think it threw us back a little in a good way to recognizing that stay creative. That's, for me, that's the fun of this whole thing is, is to be creative. It's hard sometimes to come up with something new all the time. But staying creative is a lot of the fun and the difference between being a gigantic manufacturing behemoth in a craft brewery right keep the craft in the craft beer. yeah yeah i mean the big boys make great beer don't right, right right they make great beer they have more things in place to make it exactly the same every single time than we do and good for them mm-hmm. but that's why we're different yeah and i gotta give a huge shout out to all the fans in waukesha and the surrounding yeah. areas because we took a week off after shutdown figured out how to do this takeout thing for our kitchen and bought another cooler so we could have more cans out front and i think we were on the front end of that so we actually got one in time so um but the people came out and supported us it was weird my dad was a bouncer at the door and we were letting (laughs) you know like a couple people in at a time so we could maintain the distance and it was weird because my office at that time was right on the other side of the tap room so at four o'clock it was really loud and i couldn't have conference calls there all of a sudden it was silent and it was it was lonely, and we made it through in a, in a large part to all the support by everyone around us. So to every, anyone that's listening that came in for takeout during that time, thank you. Thank Agreed. you very thank much. You. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. So you really saw some good um, outpouring support with uh, doing It was doing tremendous. It was unbelievable. Take, take, really, yeah. To-go beers. Yeah, and, it and really food. was. Shall we? Uh, shall we pour another round here? You know, we've had and, a lot of rounds poured for yeah, us. I don't I even know, know where to like, try another. We've round. already poured them. We should just <laughs> drink them. <laughs> yeah, let's start with Summerweiss. That's the first one. It's a German style Hefeweizen, and Scott, uh, it's it's this one up here in the corner. But I'll let Scott explain that one to you. Well, this is just another example of a beer that we we've tried to do, and we 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 tried to do it with our last brewery, where we do infusion mashes and and and. Uh, really create the cloviness we wanted to create, but that requires science. It requires you to be able to infuse at, infuse at low temperatures, uh, you know, 100, 111, 112 degrees. Um, it was hard to do and then bring the thing all the way up to 150 degrees. So, so we figured out how to do it in the old brewery, but we, when it came time to build the new brewery, we were much more adept. We put in a system that allows us to do step mashing and some of these things you need to do to make great German-style beers. And I think this is just a very classic German Hefeweizen with a fair amount of clove and not just all banana. That, and I think it's hard to get that clove characteristic if you can't step mash and mash in at those low temperatures. You tend to have Hefeweizens that are very banana-forward, whereas this okay. is the opposite. It's very clove-forward, which happens to be what I like. And it's really, really smooth, subtle, easy drinking. Again, there's a little bit of sweetness in this beer that, that helps balance it out. So when we're out at our, our pop-up beer gardens in, in the parks in Waukesha County, it's one of the top sellers because it's hot, the sun is shining down. Mm-hmm. This is just a, a refreshing beer. To drink beer. On a sunny yeah. Yeah. Right. 
yeah. uh, warm day. Mm -hmm. And if we want to just keep going through. Yeah, uh, for sure. Let's do that. Next one up, uh, we'll jump over the seltzer. That is our Pivo Boho. Yeah. This is the one of the more recent, maybe I would potentially argue, possibly the beer I'm most proud of <laughs> in a weird sort of way. Um, it's very much a, it's a very much a classic Czech Pilsner. So it's got, it, it's not an IPL, you know, it's not a, but there's some hops behind it. It's got higher bitterness than most lagers do, but it also finishes at a higher gravity. So there's that little tang of sweetness that you get at the end. And this is a beer that we make with all four malted, four malted malt. The Pilsner malt is all uh, from Czechoslovakia. The, the hops are all from Czechoslovakia. And we just use a, a classic uh, lagering yeast, but it, it's just, I think it, 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 for me, it nailed it exactly what I was looking for is, is a pilsner that says something and drinks clean, but, but, but is just not overly sweet with nothing to balance it on the backside. So Jonathan and I are very forward that we don't, we don't know the science behind beers. Beer, I don't, I don't necessarily think should be dissected and pick out flavor profiles or notes like wine, wine people yeah. do. We just like to drink good beer. We, we love the stories behind yeah. it, which is kind of what we're trying to, trying to do here. But I do get very excited when I can pick out certain flavors. <laughs> <laughs> so I get I get some bubble gum, like a like a hint of bubble gum in here. Is that is that accurate? Like like that that sweetness that you're talking about. It's a little bubble gummy to me. I don't taste bubble. I wouldn't. I don't. It. I, I, I wouldn't that might be an it. off flavor actually, but no, I don't think not, it exists. It's not off. It's good. It's, it's no, kind of like that sweetness to it. It's it's it's. It's very much on the finish of the beer, and I also like the fact that I, I'm not big on that. You know, using all these words to right. describe this and that. Don't be to me. I'm about, about a balance, and I'm I'm as simple as like, does it wash off the tongue well, or does it not? <laughs> sure. does this, it this one rolls. This one rolls off. Or does where it there, not, you know? there is a little bit of malt sweetness in there, yep. uh, but there is enough bitterness where you can go back for your your next sip. Right, right after it yep. Yep. cleans off your palate. Yeah. And that, that might be what you're tasting and you're mm -hmm. describing as, as a bubblegum characteristic. I think it is that sweetness at the very finish. Yep. But then it goes away because of the because there is bitterness in this beer. Yeah. But it's mm -hmm. not an it's not heavy on hops in the point that there's a bunch of hoppy aromas and flavors that way. Yep. Yep. All right, what do we got next? Uh, next we'll jump to this beer right here. This is our Bird's Eye Belgian Triple, and it's one of the, the first beers that we came out with. It is a unique take on a Belgian Triple. It's going to be a little hoppier, but not really in the, the sense of bitterness. You're going to get a ton of aroma. You're going to get some of the, the Amarillo hop flavor coming through, and then you're going to get some of the Belgian yeast flavor coming through. And this one is, is one that you guys cooked up in the base. Yeah, this was, this was inspired when I, had, when, I had Duvall's, when I had Duvall's Double Hop. They came out with that a long, long time ago, and... and uh, I thought it was a great twist. You know, when I think of, I mean, my, when I think of America, we do hops well. When I think of Belgium, they do yeast well. The Germans do grain well. I mean, in a general sort of sense. But this was a great crossover between America and Belgium, which was great when Jimmy and I were talking about doing it. But that was the beer that inspired this beer. I should also point out it's nine point two percent alcohol. Yeah. So okay. bottoms up. That was also that was also something <laughs> from the very beginning that Jimmy and I. Really, well, we, we you didn't liked. waste your time on light <laughs> we beers. Didn't, we, did, we didn't do a lot of light beers, yeah. and actually, I've come to appreciate them much more now than I did then. Mm -hmm. But we drank everything out of wine glasses as well, big Bordeaux glasses, and I still think that's a great way to drink beer. People look at you a little cross-eyed, but I love that. <laughs> that's a great way. You get the you get the nose, and yeah. you can really appreciate the experience fully. Yeah, well, well, and you—I uh, don't know if you want to call it a motto, but 
brewed boldly, mm-hmm. and it, a lot of your ABVs are, are on the higher end, so you got that bold ABV. There, factor, there's kind of a funny flavor. story behind that. Yeah. So um, when we're tasting all the beers down in Scott's basement, Kevin, our other partner, he he was not a beer guy to start out. He's like okay. the the craziest thing I'll drink is a Blue Moon. <laughs> so he would he would look over at me when we're down in Scott's basement, like is is this good? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this is pretty, pretty good. <laughs> Just trust me on this one. Uh, but he would take black walnut, which we'll taste in a second. You guys can start drinking it if you want to, but he would take that to his group of friends and they're, they're a little bit older and he would come back and, and say like, my guys won't be able to drink this. This is, are we sure we're doing the right thing? <laughs> he, he was really concerned about the right product mix. And we had black walnut, which is what, eight, eight some percent? Nine two. Right now, it's right, it's right it's, in the Yeah, it's right in there. Bird's nine, Eye yeah. is nine two. Paradox is eight seven. And these are all the beers that we're, we're opening with <laughs> right. in, in 2015. We'll, so we'll just be sleeping at Race Green tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he was like, we got to have something that's, that my people can drink. So we came up with our Kilted Kelch, which we actually have on tap in the, the tap room right now okay. as well. And it's just a light drinking, fun beer, easy, uh, smooth drinking. And that was good because then you could have two of the Paradox or two of the Black Walnut and maybe have a third beer. And we learned a lot from that, too, because you've, you've got to be able to have beers for everyone. And not everyone is looking for the heavy hitters. But that's where we that's where we struck out. And we wanted to make sure that we didn't just have another amber that just we hope we didn't got... strike out no i, I think i misset moved that. out yeah. <laughs> that's yeah i'm, we, jo- I'm joking yeah, with we, this scott's a baseball player i am a baseball player yeah <laughs> well and you don't necessarily need a beer for everyone though either like you got to find your niche and if, if that's the, well, the that's, higher more potent beers then, then so that's be where it. we wanted to start we didn't want to start with another amber because there are a lot of breweries that do ambers really really well and is that going to draw people in? We didn't think it would. So we we started out with seven beers that were all above 8%. You had a couple of them, and you you knew you had a couple of them. <laughs> and then we had the eighth beer. We had I think we, we launched with eight beers when we first opened, and uh, that was the Kilted Kelch. And I think it was a really smart move for us to launch with our boldly brewed beers, our big beers, because people came in and they tried our black walnut. They tried the bird's eye Belgian. They tried the paradox, and they're all unique. The water is all unique. Everything tasted intentional, mm-hmm. and nothing tasted the same. So people came in and they're like, "We didn't expect you to hit every single beer. We've never <laughs> been into a brand new brewery that just opened up, and you hit every single beer." And that's something that I think we're both really, really yeah. proud of. Yeah, that's awesome. Was eight a purposeful number? Because Scott, you just mentioned there's eight taps in your basement. So did you? Did you master the number eight, and then you're just like, let's open the brewery with eight as well? Not at all. <laughs> but I did like the high alcohol beers. I mean, there's no <laughs> doubt about that, right? I'll I mean, be honest. I don't even remember how many taps we had at the first place. Was it 12? At the first brewery? Yeah. I think we 12. had- 12. Yeah, 12. 12 taps at that brewery. Yeah. But yeah, in my basement, it was eight. Yeah, it, it was, it, that's, that's just, you know, yeah, not, think, not, not intentional. I think eight was a function of when we got our brewery and when we said we were going to open up. So we had- we had a, enough fermenters to brew four beers at a time, and it's about a two-week turn. So we brewed those, kegged them up, brewed the next batch, kegged them up, and that was eight beers. There you go. I like the balance of, of creating balance in big beers. Um, I enjoy it more. 
than the balance in, in in lesser beers. But I will fully admit that as I've gotten deeper into this and learned more about the process, that balance and flaws are much more difficult to hide in a light beer. And so I do believe that, you know, and I'm, I didn't make the, you know, people talk about this all the time. If you want to really figure out the quality of a brewery, go go drink their light beer mm-hmm. and, 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 and see what you get from it. Um, and, I, and I think that's very true. This beer, you can cover up a lot with stouts, but th- this this black walnut, for instance, is is based on a drinkability. Also, that's the other thing I look for always when designing beers is drinkability. A lot of the stouts of today where we're putting our food in our beer, I'm not a huge fan of because I don't find them very drinkable. You might make it through a half a beer and that's it, and you can't go back for more. That's why I love the Russian Imperial Stout style of, of, of the Black Walnut is it's got 100 IBUs, and you'd never guess it in a million years. Hoppiest beer we make, Ho- the yeah, Black Walnut. It's, it's the most bitter yeah. beer we make, but it, it's what allows the sweetness on the finish to wash clean, yeah. and that's the balance that I think that I, you know, at least in my style of, of designing beers, I'm always looking for residual sugar and, and residual bitterness, which is not hoppiness. And how does that wash clean off your tongue? Because that's what leads you to the next drink. <laughs> if it's still hanging there, you don't want to have the next drink. So are we uh, are we trying the seltzer right away? Well, I think we, we got one more beer here. What's this yeah, we can. Oh, yeah, so, we, yeah, right. So our, yep. our Gedagen Funk is a <laughs> collaboration with uh, with. Lowlands, so Cafe Hollander, um, okay. Cafe Benelux, uh, Cafe Central. Mm-hmm. Um, just a fun group of people. and uh, Also having a biking theme over there. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. Uh, I've yet to go riding, bike riding with Eric, the owner. But uh-huh. Eric, this is a shout out to you. If you want to go for a ride, just let me know. <laughs> Open invitation yeah. from Nick. I'll teach him what throwing elbows means. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man. No, but they've, they've been a, a great partner. And this one is one that had a really fun input meeting. So when you, you sit down with a collaboration team and you talk through what they want, they, they wanted this to feel like a trip to uh, Amsterdam. Okay. And uh, I, I think everybody that's listening, this is a family show, right? Not a no, family show. Not oh, a family. No, oh okay. I thought you said it was. No, it's not a, <laughs> oh, it's not a family show. You want to change show. the story about the naked threesome then? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's revisit that. <laughs> but they wanted this to be a, a trip through... Um, through Amsterdam, and I, I, I've never been, so I don't know what you do in Amsterdam. But they wanted have. to have you a, can, you can a very. I've heard stories. <laughs> they wanted to have a very dank smell to it. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot of fun playing around with this. It's actually a dry hopped sour saison, so it's a really unique style. It's a it's a little tart, but you've got a bunch of Belgian flavors coming through, which really plays to to their their theme as well. Yeah, it's and, definitely uh, funky. Yep. Yeah, for sure. But it's still easy drinking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to be able to drink a, a sour beer if you're going to enjoy it. But it's, again, drinkable. It's fun. It's intentional. You can get all the different flavors out of it. And uh, you might have some more to say about it. Well, I was posed with that question. Like how, do, <laughs> how do you put all of those together, right? And, and um, man, I haven't had it in a while. and It's, it's actually it's drink- really good. It's drinking amazingly well right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, I, I enjoy it a lot. But, I mean... How do you put it all together? And it, it's the it's a great marriage of of you know what the Germans do with with again with with uh, kettle souring, not the souring that you see in Belgium, but you use the yeast that you use in Belgium to create the ester profile you want, and then you bring it back to America. This this beer probably crosses the three the three countries better than any three you know any beer we make that goes with all three countries. Mm-hmm. So 
My glass is gone. Yeah, it, 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 I think I think it turned out great. It, it's different, without question. It's different, and you know, some people love it, some people might not. But I, I think it it achieved what we were trying to do. Yeah, some people like the sour, some people don't. I never used to, but I keep drinking more and more of them, and mm-hmm. I love them now. And every sour I have right now is fantastic, and this one is is absolutely no exception. Yeah, it's been good. Thank you. So, so, so you guys do. You know, we've talked about a variety of your beers that that you do, and you you really have a, a wide breadth of um, different styles that you're brewing. If there's someone that's new to craft beer, or someone that you know they're tagging along, but maybe they 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 claim they're not a you know a craft beer person. Is there one of your beers that you kind of that your beer tenders and, and you guys Summer are directing Vice. them to Summer, Summer Vice. Vice for sure uh, because it it doesn't really have a tremendous amount of bitterness to it. I think the IBUs are thirteen if I recall correctly. Okay. Uh, Bird's so, Eye, Bird's Eye is the big one Bird's too. Eye, if you're a yeah. white wine drinker, you know. So I, I, I was, we always talk to our, our beer tenders. What do you what do you like to drink then? Yep. If you don't like beer, what do you like? White sure. wine, try a bird's well, eye. Yeah, okay. and that so, that works. Yep. That works well in a lot of circumstances sure. because it's it's you can taste that it's got a little bit of alcohol in it, uh, a little bit. Um, <laughs> if you like scotch, if you like scotch, then we we have the, uh, the our the scotch six ale, stone. which are six stone scotch ale, which yeah. is also one of the original yeah. beers. Okay. It has that great sort of depth to it, and and not like your classic beer. If you like Miller Light, then that was the idea behind. I haven't really hit that one yet. I will tell you the truth. I, I haven't hit, nor do I necessarily plan to hit, the American Lager. It's just not. It's just not my. It's. it's I, I don't have a lot of desire to do it. They do it. I get the fact that people like it, but it's not the game we want to play in at all. Number one, I can't compete on the size tanks and the in the output that they do. Number two is that it's not my style. I mm-hmm. don't like it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have the balance. It doesn't have the for me, the, the balance that I like to have in a beer that I like a beer to say something, whatever it is, even if it's something light, it has got to say. It's got to create the experience. So yeah. each one of these creates a different experience. And if we were trying to create a light beer, light lager experience, I don't, I don't think that would match with the really high end woodwork we have out in the front. If you if you actually look at our two light, the Kelsch is from Cologne. It's a Kelsch-style beer. That's a pretty classic Kelsch-style beer. Our Guitar City Gold, which is a lager, which is a process, not a type of yeast. So it's a, it's the one of the last... The Kelsch and the and the, um, Guitar City the Alt beer, oh, the alt which beer. Is, is, is a style, actually, that Guitar City Gold is built off the Alt-style beer. Okay. They're the two last top-fermenting yeasts in, in mm-hmm. Germany, So that meaning they're not Pilsner-style, bottom-style fermenting yeast. And so that the, the Guitar City Gold is actually a twist on an alt beer. Okay. Can you talk about uh, the name behind Guitar City and what that means to Waukesha? Yeah, for sure. So I mentioned before that Waukesha has just been a great community to own a business and to, to all the people that have supported us. And for the listeners that don't know, Waukesha is the uh, birthplace of Les Paul. Les Paul invented the electric guitar. Mm-hmm. And that's just something that I think the whole community is really proud of that you could almost argue that Waukesha invented rock and roll. That's that's fair, I suppose. A <laughs> little bit of a stretch, but he was he was born here. There's a there's a historical museum that has a, a huge exhibit for Les Paul and it's really fun to go check that out if you're looking for something to do and, and learn about the local history. We wanted to have a beer that was a tribute to our city and that's where Guitar City Gold came in. So it's a it's a gold lager. How does that how is that rock and roll in a can? Is it rock and roll in a can? 
I think so. It's a little bit electric. <laughs> <laughs> so raised grain at, at raised grain, your belief is that beer brings people together, and we've talked about that a little bit. And it's these gatherings that make life exciting and and make being brewers extremely rewarding, which is similar to to what pour, what us at Pour Another Round is trying to do, bringing people together with a the beer. They're drinking over a couple of beers and. You know, we, we just really love, um, you know, what we're about here at Pour Another Round is just learning that story behind each beer. And you guys have um, given us a wide variety of the different kinds of, and different varieties of beer that you're creating and, and the story behind each of them, too. So it's, it's been a really great, I think, collaboration between the two of us and, and the vision that we each have. Yeah, thanks for coming out. Yeah, thank there you. is one last one here, and I'd be remiss if we didn't taste it. So there's there's a clear beverage that is in which your looks flight. like water, but it's uh, it looks it, like it, water. It uh, does it smell it, like water? It does no. not smell like water. <laughs> it smells like orange soda. Yeah, and take a sip of it. It's gone flat a little bit now, but it's been sitting out here. We've been talking for a while. <laughs> it does have an orange flavor to it, but really clean flavor. We. We wanted this get kind of gets back to your last question about what else do you have for people that can't drink beer and and this is or or don't want to drink beer because they don't like it. We're a brewery. We want to have our products and feature our products. So we worked really hard with our our technology partners to develop a process to create a really really clean alcohol base that, as you can see, is yeah. crystal clear. It is. It's a shout out to ProBrew too. I'll throw them out there because yeah, they, they, sure. they've been they've been instrumental in in working with us all the way along okay. to create a lot of these things we've done. So ProBrew has been great to work with. It they helped with this technology, and they're based in product. Waukesha. Yeah, so, so it's, it's a, a great local. Perhaps they want to be a sponsor of Pour Another Round. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, this this is a, a product that really allows us to connect with another group of people. Yeah, for and sure. bring them in, and and I I got to give a shout out to our food as well because we've got an awesome kitchen everything is scratch made uh we've got burgers on the line that are unbelievable the pizzas are what we started out with and they're a ton of fun if you guys can stick around have the notorious pig that's probably my favorite love the name (laughs) great name even better pizza so uh you can come in you can have our wonderful food experience our great bar staff and have some fun, and if you don't drink beer, we've got some seltzer for you. So with the seltzer, obviously seltzer has been a trendy thing over the last few years. You guys don't seem to just bounce around with trends. So how did you make the decision to go a, a seltzer route? Well, I was pushing for it like a year before we actually rolled this out. And we were so busy that we couldn't even entertain the thought of it. But you look like you've got something to say. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear what, I want to hear what I, Scott has to say about seltzer. <laughs> What do I think about seltzer? It's a method of infusing alcohol. It's I don't think it will ever separate itself as as a unique, great like craftsmanship. But I think you can use science to create it, and we use science to create this. So we we do with with uh, nano filtration. We don't do you know. Some people will use. We make a beer. This is made from beer. And it's the same process by which I think you can make the best non-alcoholic beers as well. We haven't really ventured into that route yet. Um, so that part intrigued me. The science side of it intrigued me. And, and the, and I really do agree with Nick's statement about bringing people together, you know, and, and look, you look at tables out there and you'll see three generations. And yeah, the challenge is We've at had times. Four. 
Yeah, four generations yeah. at one table. And I think Wonderful. it's, you know, it's like certain things bring generations together. I think beer is one of them. Alcohol in general is one of them. Food is one you, of them. But what do you do? I mean, my wife has many friends that they like want to come to raise grain, but her friends, they don't drink beer at all. So what are they going to have when they come through the door? And so that was probably the biggest driving factor. You know, we, we, we dipped our toe in the water of, of distro. Doesn't work. I can't compete with White Claw. We right. don't have the, we don't have the marketing I, I budget. I can't drive prices. I like that this low. better than White Claw. I would agree. I, I think, I think Thank you. Quite frankly, it's way better. Mm-hmm. It's better. It's cleaner. It's crisper. It's cleaner for it, sure. It's so clean. It's unbelievable. So it's a great product, but I can't make it for. You can't make it for what for every college girl in the United five States. Five bucks a six pack. I mean, it's, 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 <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we can't compete on price. So, sure. so that's just the way it goes. And we, we it took some learning, and we took our took our lumps learning that that that, that isn't where we we're going to go. But you know what? It's on tap. It's a great product on tap. Um, yeah. And there's no reason why it's it shouldn't be in places to actually satisfy those people that don't want to drink beer. And it'll be great at our, our beer gardens. I mentioned those. We have our pop-up beer gardens at Waukesha County Parks throughout the summer. We are fortunate enough to have some of the, the best county parks in probably the state. And we get to roll a trailer full of beer out there and, and have people come out and play on the playgrounds, go to the beach, hang out in the, the wide open fields, and just have a really, really fun time. So this will be great. Uh, we've got a bunch of other fun beers that we bring out to those events, and we're looking forward to doing them again this year because last year we were not able to do <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I am not really at all a seltzer fan, but um, this this one is is really good. So I think you guys guys nailed it there, and it's it's a, a good to drink seltzer. And my, my glass is empty, so it's <laughs> uh it's an easy easy to drink seltzer and not. You know, doesn't have too much of that like bubbly carbonation behind it, or the or the fake flavor behind it. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so you guys roll your uh, your own beer out to these parks. Where where can people find you in a distribution in a distribution format? We are in southern Wisconsin, so we're not quite up to Fond du Lac on the eastern side. So that's the county south of of Fond du Lac County, and then you head over west. And then once you get past Dane County, then we kind of shoot up to La Crosse. Okay. Uh, so we're pretty much southern, southern Wisconsin. So, so what's been your your favorite aspect about being part of the brewing uh, brewing community? We've talked about the um, the collaboration and the um, that kind of camaraderie that comes with being a part of brewing. But talk about being a part of the brewing industry and what you've really enjoyed about that. Besides the drinking of the beer. <laughs> <laughs> for, for me personally, it, it is very much about watching people enjoy something that you make. I made the joke early on that what does grandma love more than when someone comes back for seconds? <laughs> and for me, it's that personal. And, and, and I get that that's a bit ego related, but no doubt it, it feels good to make something for somebody that somebody like that mm-hmm. they like, you know, and, and so that's still what it is for me. And I, I'm challenged just by time to be as active as maybe I would be if I didn't have another position in the community of other brewers. Um, so, so I'm, it's probably something I'm missing, but it, it, it's nothing I can do about it just based on keeping the rest of life in line. We appreciate you saving lives too. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank by, you. By day and by night. Exactly. Yeah, right, right. Nick, go ahead. There are so many things that I really, really enjoy about this. Uh, one is is just 
being a part of a team that I think is unbelievable. We've always had great people working here, and and I mentioned before that I think we've got the best team we've ever had at this point. I guess I look at myself as an entrepreneur, and I ha- happen to have a really fun product to sell, and giving people opportunities to advance in their own careers. And I think one of the things that we're both really proud of is giving our staff and our team opportunities to come up with ideas, execute those ideas, and see them through. And that's really, really fun and really, really rewarding because there are ideas that we didn't come up with that have been incredibly successful. And we've been able to create the platform that allow other people to, to, to have their own trajectory in life. And sometimes that trajectory is more of a launching pad and then they, they leave and start other careers. So we've had some, some awesome people work here that have left to start bars or Mm -hmm. uh, do other things in life and, and they're great people and it's awesome to watch that happen. And then the people that follow in have to fill those big foot footsteps and they do a great job and they, they help us go further. So that's been really, really rewarding and exciting and fun to be a part of and, and to help guide. And I hope I do a good job doing that sometimes sometimes you know i'm i'm young myself so i think it's it's a struggle but um then just being part of the the community that we're in where when we when we opened our doors people would come in and say thank you for choosing waukesha of course we're we're happy to be here for all sorts of reasons and just being a part of the community where people can come here and meet and we we've have had four generations sitting at a table where you've got great grandpa joe and and a three-week-old baby mm-hmm. and everybody in between and that's super cool so being part of that and walking out and just seeing people smiling is is super fun and so you you talk about the waukesha community and the support that you've received from the waukesha community you're located you know relatively near milwaukee which is is brew city in wisconsin and so how do you set yourselves apart from um from you know some the 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 large amount of breweries that do call milwaukee home or do you not i mean do you not want to set yourself apart because like mm -hmm. it's a car dealership mentality too so like how do you how do you walk that line yep We, we try to be true to our niche i mean we try to be true to what we do and do it well and hopefully people appreciate it and try not to it's easy to look over your shoulder and see what everybody else is doing and, sure. and, and try to be true to yourself. It's going to be hard at times, actually, but I hope we have a product that speaks for itself and that people, you know, come out and try it and they say, wow, this makes sense. I see why this brewery is doing okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and you're, you're located, you know, between Madison and Milwaukee and Wisconsin. And so that, you know, has, has got to be pretty positive for you guys too. And that you're, you know, between two pretty large urban areas that, you know, in addition to the Waukesha community, you've got, you know, hopefully people coming out from the Milwaukee and the, and the well, Madison we, we have too. We have large draws to Madison, obviously. All four of us four of are us. graduates from Madison. So okay. we have a huge soft spot in our hearts for Madison. Great. I mean, I love Madison. Success, if we ever make it there, would taste like a raised grain beer on the UW Terrace. Agree. There you go. Agree. Okay. Agree. Well, let's make that happen. Yeah, let's make that need, happen. yeah, we need to make that happen. Come on, people, call out for it. <laughs> well, Jonathan's from Madison, so let's yeah, start with Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do some work. You can call that, some people for us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> well, our, our last question that we want to know before we get going here 
Start with Nick here. If you're not drinking raised grain beer, what do you find yourself drinking? That was a long pause. <laughs> I'll make it shorter in the editing. So it That's sounds all right. like you had a, That's all right. a ready yeah, answer. I, was, I, I just fired at it. <laughs> Probably bourbon. What kind? Uh, or how do, you, how do you make your decisions when you pick a new bottle? Price. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. we, we, we two are both bourbon fans. Uh-huh. And, uh, there's, uh, have you had uh, Jay Henry out of the the madison area they're in dane wisconsin which is just i have and it's it's really good and we would love to get some j henry barrels sometime yeah Yeah, it's really good uh, yeah you can you can see the barrel we're sitting up yeah i should i should call out to the the listeners maybe they'll see some of the the pictures but we are up on the brew deck right now and from this spot you can see everything you can see the fermenters you can see the various stacks of barrels throughout the brewery you can see the centrifuge the the carbonation device the canning line uh, all the fun stuff that we have. So yeah, we'd love to have some J Henry barrels yeah, in the mix. We'll, we'll give a give a shout out here to uh, Liz Henry and uh, yeah, we talk about J Henry a lot on here. Yeah, have her uh, get some barrels to you guys. So where where are these barrels from? <laughs> they are from all over. You would probably have a better idea. Fair amount from Heavenly Hill. We have yeah. a fair amount from there, but yeah, we get them from all over the place. Waukesha has a barrel distributor, doesn't don't they? We get yeah the barrel broker is barrel where we broker, get our stuff. It's local. Yeah. It's not Waukesha actually. Yeah, but he's, it's, it's, he's a great guy yeah, to to work with. He's got connections with distilleries all over the U.S. wineries. So we'll call him up and say we want some Chardonnay barrels from wherever, and a couple of weeks later he'll be able to source them for us. So it's really fun to be able to do barrel aged beer other than just bourbon barrels for sure. So we've got uh, we we took the bird's eye which you had and aged that in Chardonnay barrels, and it gave it a a really fun grapey flavor to it that really brought that up a level. Uh, what are some other, uh, well, we, we, trois we, doctors. We, we, La Trois Doctor is my buddy who I went to medical school with. He has a 30 acre vineyard in Willamette Valley okay. in Oregon. So we have a Pinot mixed with a beer and, wow. and have a quad Belgian quad. That and then we, we age that in, we age in that barrels. in barrels as well. So wine barrels, yeah. red wine. And that's unbelievable. It's it's probably about every year and a half that we're yeah. able to release that, given when we can get the grapes and mm-hmm. source the barrels and everything. But that one's awesome. So Scott, are you a, a wine guy, or what? What are you drinking if you're not not uh, well? I'm trying drink? my wife's champagne. Okay, she's a hardcore champagne drinker and drinks some great champagne milk. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Hey, milk. the dairy state. I, I, I do. I, dr- I drink milk, and I, I so, don't drink so, a lot of water. I drink beer and milk. Jonathan's almost. wife works for the uh, the, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. The, the Farm Bureau. So and, she's and very her, hardcore with the dairy industry. Yeah, and so. my in-laws are a dairy uh, on I, I a dairy love, farm. Lo- so. Don't hey, get me wrong. Go Wisconsin I, I love, dairy. Yeah, I love bourbon. But it's rough to drink because I drink everything as fast as I drink beer. <laughs> okay. So yeah, drinking bourbon, bourbon might... as fast as I drink beer gets me in some trouble. I'm you just, pour your bourbon so, by yeah, the pint? Yeah, it's not. I'm it's just not, imagining yeah. him drinking milk like he drinks yeah. beer. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, so, so, That'd be so, a sight to yeah, behold. Milk, mostly milk. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey. The, yeah. We've had all sorts of answers. That's a good one, though. Yeah. Yeah, we've not had milk before, but uh, Wisconsin being the dairy state, that's awesome. Yeah, well, he, you're a Chicago fan, right? Should I bring up? I am. Should I bring we, up should, I am. we should not bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever well, heard Scott, of okay. Both Scott and Cameron are Wisconsin Bears fans. John, John, you want to take this away and yeah, like, bring it home? Leave no, 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 that. I'm not going to talk about the Bears. <laughs> Have you ever had Malort? 
I have not. I've uh, read about that. Uh, oh it's my god, terrible! Oh, it's so <laughs> I've bad. Heard. It's good. Yeah. What it's, is it? No. Malort. What is Malort? It? It's so bitter. So it is. So the story behind Malort is uh, there was a European emigrant who who came to the Chicagoland area, and, or he emigrated from from Europe somewhere, and he came to, to Chicago, and he opened a cigar shop. He chain smoked cigars, so he fucked up his taste buds. And he was trying to family find... Family show, family show. Sorry. No, it's yeah, not yeah. a family show. <laughs> yeah, I keep forgetting. <laughs> so he, he couldn't find, taste anymore. So he was trying to find so something he, that he could taste, and, he, yeah. and he, he wasn't finding it. So he decided to make his own thing, and he took some wormwood and made the most bitter thing he could in order to taste it. And it is, it is a distil- distillate made with wormwood, and it is so bitter, and it's a Chicago cult following. It sounds yeah. like scotch. It's, 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 it's more awful. potent than but scotch. Cameron is a big is, fan. Okay. It's just <laughs> terrible. You, okay. you grew up on that in high school? <laughs> Family show? Well, so, no, so, wait, so, so, so that's, why, that's why you now have come accustomed to drinking sours. So, like, you like gooses? You like gooses? Uh, you know. Is that too much for you? If it's you not Malort, too much. It shouldn't be too it, much. It took a while to get there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It does take it's, a while to all, get there. It's all it an acquired taste. It and is. if you don't like something, like, I, I grew up at the family dinner table of, of no thank you helping. So, if you don't like broccoli, eat it. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, if you yeah. don't like asparagus, eat it. Yeah, so or now, sit there like, for three hours exactly. until you do eat it. Exactly. So now I take the same concept to, to booze. So thanks, mom and dad, for teaching me. How to <laughs> yeah, drink, yeah, 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 drink yeah. Things yeah. I don't like. Yeah. Too. It, it, I'll tell you what. It, not an aside, but one of the things I've learned more than anything, and maybe it's a humbling experience in this process of of, of opening a brewery and making beer for people, is don't tell people what they like. Exactly. People like what they like. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong. It with isn't. It. Bad, good, or otherwise, people like what they like. And, and you know, and my my dad, his favorite saying was, "People drink what they like, and they like what they drink." And and and, and there's so much truth to that. And so, I mean, that's been a really educational. You, you don't go around telling me oh, this is no good. You shouldn't like this. If you like, you like it. Right. Yeah. Don't be. You be proud of it. Yeah. You know. And and, and you guys have really embodied that at Raised Grain with the the variety of different beer styles you've had. Uh, you've brewed as well, and in finding, uh, providing op, um, options for for people that that like a lot of different things. Yeah. So, anything else you want to share with your uh, your fans or our listeners? What what do you what do you want to tell people that drink craft beer or don't drink craft beer? Well, a huge thanks to everybody that's bought raised grain beer, whether it was off the shelf in a store or they came in for takeout over the past year. That's been amazing because it's helped helped us make it through so thank you for that if you haven't tried raised grain beer we'd love for you to grab some off the shelf or venture your way into Waukesha. it's a great city there's a great brewery there and <laughs> i've heard of this one yeah we'd, we'd love to host <laughs> you and and the food is great the beer is great the people are wonderful and you'll have a great time here yeah it's 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 a really beautiful place and we're we're excited to hang out here as well and definitely recommend people hitting up Waukesha and, and checking out raised grain and um or or at least at at the very least picking you guys up at, at the their local liquor store or grocery store. Yeah. So um for for all of our listeners, uh be sure to check out Raised Grain Brewing Company in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and be sure to uh pour another round on us. Thanks, guys. Thank you guys thank for you thank guys you very much. much. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for being here today. Yeah. Cheers. 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of Pour Another Round. Be sure to follow us on your favorite social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at Pour Another Round. We'll be sharing news and information from breweries that are friends of the show. You can find out what we're drinking and hear about upcoming featured breweries. 
Until next time, be sure to pour yourself another round.